conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion... Folks, welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast that loves to talk about the dark, brooding prequel to Obi-Wan Kenobi, now streaming on Disney+. I am Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always is Anna Otto. And before I ask you how your day and or previous week was, Anna, also um, joining us for the second time out of three in this series is Austin Sackett. How are you doing, Austin? I am doing fantastic just coming off of a weekend in chicago Ooh. the land of dan o'keefe mm-hmm. kind of a little bit <laughs> a little if ever i ever claim to be a sp- specifically from chicago anyone has permission to slap me um because <clears throat> i am suburban but i will still treat that city with pride lord so, yeah yeah um so, also here, Anna. Dan. How are you, and how was your week last week? Today, I'm fucking great. Uh, last week was awful, which is probably the understatement of the century. I do believe that you said it was the mm. worst week of your life. Yeah, so, you know, I was sick with a cold, <laughs> and it was just a pretty brutal cold, but it was a cold. Uh, you know, I was on the fence about calling off recording last week, but hemmed, hawed, ultimately did. Boo-hoo-hoo, move on. Thursday, I'm feeling good. Now, I am about to say some things that are going to be graphic for the faint of stomach. Is that okay? Yes. Austin? That, that's everybody's warning. Yes, yeah. Okay. Is this going to be one of the two topics that you can't stand? Yes. Okay. Oh I'm, I'm ready for it. End of the workday. We had an event on Thursday. I'm asked up to be respectful because I was, still wasn't feeling great, but I was working the event. Before I left the event, I shit my pants. <laughs> no way. I came home. Shit my pants again. You were still wearing pants at that point? I'd barely walked in the door, Dan. Oh my gosh. I immediately take my pants off. And I call my mom from the toilet. She's not answering. It's pouring out of me like water. (coughs) I told you it was for the faintest stomach! (laughs) I text my mom, help. I can't tell you why. I'm just very sick. And I'm trapped in my bathroom. And it's too much for your pure ears. Text me back. She does. Thursday. I mean, I, I'm kind of losing my appetite. You know, I'm feeling okay, but I'm not feeling great. So that's what's happening. It was so bad I wore an adult diaper. Okay. I could not move without oh something my exiting my body. Wow. I. Oh, this is. I'm having a war flashbacks right now. <laughs> Um, the next day, Friday, I woke up, I felt so sick, I threw up the night, during the night. Okay, a different end. 
Yeah, I couldn't keep anything down except for water. I took two bites of applesauce, and that shit came right back up. So I went to urgent care, and obviously I just had a stomach bug, but they made me take all the tests, gave me some anti-nausea medication. I was sick until Saturday evening. I started feeling better, but I still was only really drinking Gatorade and eating crackers. Mm -hmm. And I'm finally better today. Yesterday, I was officially better. Today, I'm like fine. Wow. I was so scared, Dan. I had a fever. I was, I literally, Gage is calling me baby new year because I could not put any other clothes on. It was too hot. <laughs> you were wearing an adult diaper and a sash? Yeah. <laughs> a top hat, actually. <laughs> and, I, and a cane? Yes. And I'm sorry to be so graphic with you guys, but I really need you to understand why this was the worst week of my life. No, I get that. I think that fits fits the qualifications required when i tell you i think i lost five pounds <laughs> like i was scared i don't doubt it i had a hey horrible, there horrible looking nightmare. for the hot new milwaukee no. summer beach diet do yeah. we have the one <laughs> trick for you doctors hate it literally <laughs> kiss someone with a an intestinal virus <laughs> like it was so bad. What do you and think you ate? Or no, I what? I just had a virus. Apparently, it's going around. I was like, what, this what is, is going around? What is the virus around? called? It's called a variation of the stomach flu. I don't know. The doctor literally wrote, has some sort of virus. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's so vague. She's like, well, unfortunately, all you can do is take these anti-nausea pills. Oh, and Obi-Wan. We watched the two episodes of Obi-Wan. I could barely watch them because watching TV, even looking at a screen, was giving me motion sickness. Oh, you were like, wow. it's like you are you were concussed at the same time. It was, uh, I was. The speed at which liquid was leaving my body was making my head spin. Like, it was terrible. Literally shitting your brains out. I vomited so hard, I burst a few blood vessels in my eye. Like, I have burst blood vessels in my eye right now. Oh my god. So, yeah. Sorry, everyone. I was... And it was my birthday last week. Oh, happy birthday, King. <laughs> One thing to Thank add you. to that, I was still getting over a cold, so I had a stuffy nose most of the time, mm. too. At that point, you would think that the vomit would, like, knock it out. At that yeah. point, I thought I would have just died. Oh, well. <laughs> I did it. Different strokes. Anyway, that's my peril. Thank you for listening, guys. I know that was disgusting, but... That's why it I couldn't was. record last week. I'm happy we didn't record last week at this point. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I would have been fighting for my life. <laughs> I literally called my boss. I was so pissed too because so I had taken Tuesday as a sick day and then I worked on Wednesday, worked on Thursday, had planned to take Friday off, but Thursday was really only a half day because I had my event. Friday I had taken off for just for fun, but I was sick. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. Mm. It was terrible. What a wasted day. <sighs> uh, I hope you had a wonderful birthday, Austin. Yeah. Happy Thank birthday. You. Belated, but happy birthday, Austin. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. From all of both of us here at In Conclusion, hopefully you <laughs> weren't shitting your brains out. Yeah, hopefully. I wasn't shitting my brains out. I was having some burritos, so the opposite of that. Oh, Or jealous. the precursor. Or the precursor. Yeah, yeah that's true. I was um, so jealous. So, anyway, the movie that we're talking about today... Uh, is Black Hawk Down. Is it, Dan? 
Is it Black Hawk Down? It is, I, what happened? I need to confess to something. When Austin <laughs> came to me with the idea for this series, I was like, yeah, great. Let's do these three movies and let's do them in order. So we were going to... It was So we did Save Your Private Ryan first, World War Two, and then mm-hmm. we were supposed to go to Full Metal Jacket. But me, in my oh. eternal talking without thinkingness, went, next week we're doing Black Hawk Down, baby! And Austin oh. was Don't like... Don't know where you pulled that one out is of. It, is it? Okay. So, my apologies to Austin's <laughs> hopes. Sorry, um, Austin. He's having a rough week. <laughs> Not as rough as you. You have to listen to my ailments and now this. I don't think that having to listen to the ailments was as bad as having to go through them. Experience it, yeah. Thank you for your sympathy. But anyway, we're talking about Black Hawk Down. Directed by Ridley Scott. Written by Ken Nolan. Based on the book Black Hawk Down by... Pause. Is Ridley Scott a man? Yes. Okay, I think I get him confused with the character from Alien. Mm-hmm. Ripley. He did direct Alien. Yeah, I think yeah. that's why I get him confused. Ripley? Yeah, Ripley and Ridley. Yeah. It's just too similar. Uh, produced by the king of the 2000s, Jerry Bruckheimer. Um, starring a lot of people. False. Mm-hmm. I don't recognize anyone when they have the dirt makeup on. Gage had to pause the movie. He's like, you don't recognize you in? I was like, where? He's not on this screen. He's like, you're literally looking at him. I will say, like, the previous film, Saving Private Ryan, a lot of really big stars. I mean, I wouldn't say Black Hawk Down had, like, big stars at the time it was released, maybe. Aside from um, you and McGregor. Yeah. But I agree. I had total facial blindness. I Welcome. saw Tom Hardy um, when he was sitting around with the guys, and then I didn't realize he was in the rest of the movie. And yeah, I couldn't find him. Gage was like, that, there he is. And I was like, where? Where? Yeah, and I thought Orlando Bloom was still part of the movie at the end. Nope. No. He was out of it right at the beginning. <laughs> Uh, Ty Burrell was in it. I recognized him once Gage pointed it mm-hmm. out. I said, okay, there's my oh, king. You see but those it took eyebrows. a second. I love um, him. So we've got, in addition to Ewan McGregor, we've got Josh Hartnett, Tom Sizemore, who was also in Saving Private Ryan, uh, Ewan mm-hmm. Bremer, Hugh Dancy, Ian Grufford, the guy from the Fantastic Four, Jason Isaacs, Malfoy's dad, um, Tom Jeremy Hardy, Irons. Orlando Bru- Bloom, Jeremy Irons. No, uh, no, Eric Jeremy Bana. Irons is not actually in this movie, to no. clarify. I just get Jason Isaacs and Jeremy <laughs> Irons confused. The playwright Sam Shepard. What? <laughs> right? What was he doing, he, writing a play in the background? He was William Garrison. Hmm. William Fitchner, Kim Coates, uh... Nicholas Coaster Waldo, I pronounced that wrong. Uh, George Harris, Travis Etienne, Ty Burrell, and most importantly, Ari Emanuel from Entourage, Jeremy Piven, the true star of the film. What a guy. Apparently only to me. Uh, cinematography by a name I can't pronounce, but it's Polish. Music by Hans Zimmer, released on January 18th, 2002, with a budget of $92 million. It made $173 million at the box office. 
And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an approval rating of 76% with the critical consensus reading. Though it's light on character development and cultural empathy, I'll underline that, Black Hawk Down is a visceral, pulse-pounding portrait of war elevated by Ridley Scott's superb technical skill. Big Raj, Roger Ebert, gave it four stars out of four, and it was nominated for five, four Academy Awards, winning two for Best Editing and Best Sound. It lost Best Director to someone. Hmm. Oh, to, a, to, to Ron Howard for <gasps> A Beautiful Mind. Okay, but A Beautiful Mind Ooh. is a wonderful film. It is. A beautiful, may I say. Good one. You may. You nice. may say. <laughs> um, so, now that we've gone through all that, Austin, what's your story with the movie? What's my story with the movie? So, it's interesting, um, the progression that we're doing this, un- or ironically, kind of. So... When we first, like you said, we're planning on doing this series, Saving Private Ryan was like the one that I for sure wanted to do. Favorite movie, top tier, amazing. Mm-hmm. Then I suggested Full Metal Jacket and The Hurt Locker. Now, I have seen neither Full Metal Jacket or The Hurt Locker, but I have seen Black Hawk Down, I think, one time for sure, if not twice. I think it's this is my third time watching it. Mm-hmm. So we're going for a progression of seeing it a bunch of times to a couple times to whatever one we choose to do next of no times. So I, again, saw this movie with my dad um, for the first time. And it would probably be a very similar situation of popcorn, trail mix, watching it while my sister wasn't there. Um it's been a long time since the last time I saw it. Um, it probably would have been, you know, when I was 14, 15, and then maybe when I was 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I have a burnt copy DVD of this, and beyond that, I don't have too much. Um, so it was kind of a nice little dive back in. I remember some parts of it not many parts of it mm-hmm. so um this really was just kind of like a re refresher of what i saw before and um i liked it i think it has uh a lot to uncover but i also agree with what you said at the beginning where there's not much character development mm-hmm. i will did you say that you have a burnt dvd of this somewhere did you mm-hmm. <laughs> pirate this movie when you were a child? Sir, I'm calling the police. It was a statute of limitations. <laughs> I think you've passed it, but... Yeah. Just kidding. I'm, I'm the, the FBI. There is no statute uh... of limitations. This podcast was a setup. <laughs> 101 episodes later, we finally got him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> um, so I assume that... Anna, you and I are in the same boat, having not seen this movie before. That's correct, but this is one of Gage, like, not, what was I going to say? Holy cow. Gage likes this movie. This is like, one of he Gage's came favorite home? movies. No, Every no. week, he goes to bed after kissing Josh Hartnett's face on the poster <laughs> from Black <laughs> Absolutely Austin. not. It would be Ewan. Gage just loves Ewan. Okay. Loves him. Um, 
So when I watched this, I believe I watched this on that Tuesday on my sick day. Mm-hmm. And he came home while I was watching and he's like, oh, I actually kind of wanted to watch this one. I didn't know that's what you were doing this week. And I was like, oh, well, sorry. That sucks. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, you wins in it. And I was like, no, he's not. And so, yes, this is my first time. And that's my whole experience. Like you I said. And- I am shocked at your inability to recognize him because it's not like he's in heavy makeup or something. He's when we covered meet him, in mud. He's making coffee and looks exactly like Ewan McGregor and is not doing a good American accent either. Well, some of us don't worship him the way Gage does, okay? You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, like Anna, I had never seen this before I watched it last week at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have, I'll, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, so in an interview, Ridley Scott described the movie as pro-military, but anti-war. Um, mm, interesting. Which I, that's a hot take. It's a hot take. I kind of get where he's coming from, but also this movie feels like a cod zombies map oh my god dan i literally was gonna say it's in my notes i have call of duty zombies when they're coming into the Mm -hmm. helicopter i didn't realize cod meant call of duty at first sorry guys i'm here (laughs) i'm with you there are a bunch of dead fish coming for you right now that's why i was so confused i was like cod what does that mean sorry i'm not Um, hip my mom didn't let me play shooting games Mine either. That's why I had to go to friends' Mine either. Houses. Yeah. Oh, well. I always got to go to friends' house. Yeah. That and GTA. I played you know Halo. that one, Anna? I played GTA. I played Wait, Halo. your mom wouldn't let you play shooting games and you no. played Halo? I went to my friend's house to play Halo. Okay. Mm. We could play Star Wars shooting games. That was it. Oh. Because they were rated T for teen. Yeah, no. I had, like, all the, the girly girl. Well, I did have Kingdom Hearts. Not shooting, but that's, a, like, a more fighting me game. Mm-hmm. But I played like Nintendogs. Um, back to the point that I was trying to make. Sorry, uh, yes. <laughs> this right this movie is like Nintendogs, but at war. Just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> Call of Duty Zombies. Uh, but and, and my issue with that is it treats the um, Somalians, they're not people. Like, there's the no. one scene yeah. that they put in the middle of the movie where they're talking about how, why, talking to the, the soldier they captured, and he's like, money isn't good here, you can't do anything, you think that if you come in here we're going to stop fighting? And I'm like, yeah, that's an attempt to humanize them, but then when you spend the rest of the nearly three hours showing them as just, like, hordes of these, I mean, to, to be frank, non-white people... That are yeah. that are just like visually different. You're like, it it dehumanizes them. Well, they don't even call them like the locals or you know the no. natives or the Somalians. They don't call them yeah. anything like that. Mm-hmm. They call them the skinnies. Yeah, like that's a pr- pretty darn close line to another word that you know. It's like mm-hmm. not not really a great term to be calling, like you said not white people yes. yeah i didn't like now i want to ask you guys what your opinion on this is one line one scene that really did not sit well with me and i know um this is something that i'm 
I was talking about it with Gage because I, I don't, I've never been the kind of person who was interested in war. I never was the mm-hmm. kid who, like, I, my weird history obsession phase was the Titanic. I think I've mentioned that to you guys before. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I was never into that kind of stuff. The scene where the woman who looks to be just a random woman in the street runs and picks up a gun and one of the soldiers' mm-hmm. guns are down, I didn't know how to feel during that scene. Uh, yeah, I don't know if we're supposed to be cheering for that, if we're supposed to be on the side of the the military, if it's supposed to be like a war crime or the... I am not saying that movies need to spell out for you this is a good thing, yeah. this is a bad thing, but that considering that the rest of the movie is very, as Ridley Scott said, pro-military, I, I took it as we're supposed to think, Oh, thank God he killed her. Thank yeah. God he got her. I th- I think... No, go oh, ahead. No, I was just going to say, I feel like it's one of those things that's like... It's showing you that there's gray areas mm-hmm. in every... Like, war is not black and white. Good guys, bad guys. Well, almost. I think if you watch this movie, you'd think it's black yeah. and white. But that's just based off of the races. Daniel! And, but you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not... It's not. I mean, that kind of is yeah, not wrong. I, like, uh, it is kind of what they yeah. were getting at in, inadvertently or not. But um, I'm trying to think. Was it American Sniper? Yes. Where they had, like, the sniper po- posted on that, like, kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't grab the rocket launcher. Don't grab the rocket launcher. And then he finally does. And then they yes. take him out. Gage and I were talking I, about the same thing. Because I was yeah. talking about. <gasps> Thank you for bringing that up. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. We're on the same vibes tonight. Because that's kind of how I felt, too. It was like, I mean, they're showing that these Americans are obviously not welcome at all. Yeah. Like, and so even the locals are, you know, who aren't even part of the militia are not wanting them there. And so just kind of showing that, like, they're willing to, you know, fight at all costs for their you know, land for their city, for what they believe in. I mean, also it was kind of like the little boy um, that had the gun that was running around that shot down his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a similar thing, like child soldiers, women soldiers, like I felt conflicted as well. I didn't know really how to feel, but I think it was just kind of trying to paint a gray area that I don't think worked very well. In my yeah, because from their perspective these it's american imperialism Mm -hmm. it's just people showing up and yeah they're they are going through a war and a horrible conflict and everything but the way that the americans are dealing with it is the typical let's just bulldoze everything yeah yeah and i'll i i will say i don't know enough about military like what the military does what specifically they're trained like i don't know any of that kind of stuff to Mm -hmm. say like well here's what i would have done in it like you know what i mean and it it, i guess to me i just see it's sad to see people in a war-torn place Mm -hmm. and that this is even something that would be considered as like i as a civilian like would grab a rocket launcher or I as a soldier would have to kill a civilian because you know what I mean? Like that's just mm-hmm. not, I don't know. It's just such a weird well, area to think about. Like you said, it does paint the, a great area. 
they even said like when they were going in for the mission like don't shoot unless you're being shot at Mm -hmm. yeah and like while that woman was going for a gun and probably was a few seconds away from shooting you know it's yeah it is that weird gray area of you know what she could have possibly turned around and helped them but yeah that wasn't really the intent but yeah it becomes like you take the risk yeah 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 Mm -hmm. um so that was the the depiction of the native somalians was something that just i couldn't get over for Mm -hmm. like the the longer the movie went on I, i was like this just feels so not exploitative but like so one-sided so yeah when i keep coming back to the quote that it's pro-military but anti-war and i'm like i'm not sure that it is because for but yeah all the things that are happening are horrible but he makes it look cool like ridley scott does Mm. not frame the things that are happening as like he frames them like badass action movie things especially the, the last like mogadishu mile that they have to run um Mm -hmm. he frames that like oh look at these cool guys running through the smoke dodging bullets look at how badass they look and not like this is a horrible symptom of war that nobody should have to go through so i didn't i I just didn't get the anti-war thing coming from it but maybe yeah i mean yeah i mean that is a very weird quote and i agree with you that does seem a little off base mm-hmm. um i mean the general guy or whoever they like brought in i forget what his title was um but he said it was like their civil war our war not yours yeah like mm-hmm. and then the you know higher up guy said well 300 people dead that's a genocide like it's it's very nuanced, I guess, or it should be more nuanced. They didn't really go about it necessarily the best way, maybe. Yeah. But I agree that was a little weird. And that quote, I'd never heard that quote before, but that also is very interesting that he would say that. Yeah, I, I think a more emotionally interesting movie, which wouldn't be good as a movie, would just be a discussion of the ethics of yeah when when do you have to intervene um mm-hmm. the black hawk down round table yeah right mm-hmm. but that would bore everybody who's sitting in their ethics 2001 class oh god that's why i took ethics of superheroes instead <laughs> um so let's get into the plot uh, yeah. So, it is the early 1990s in Somalia. There is a famine and civil war has gripped the country. There has been over 300,000 civilian deaths. And there is a UN peacekeeping mission operation sent in. Um, most of the pe- peacekeepers have withdrawn by 1993. And the Somali militia have declared war on the remaining personnel. In response, the U.S. Army Rangers, Delta Force, and 160th SOAR are deployed to Somalia to capture Mohamed Farah Adid, self-proclaimed president of the country. Um, in the beginning, they go on a quick and easy mission uh, to capture uh, Omar Sal- Salad Elmi and Abdi Hassan Awali, um, who are two of his top advisors. Um, 
and they do it. They capture him. It all goes very well. It turns out that even one of them uh, has been working with them, if I remember correctly. Or maybe he was just very open to getting captured. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the U.S. force, they have experienced people and new recruits, including Ewan McGregor, who was going on his first mission. And very, very pretty Orlando Bloom. He's, he's fine. He's just okay. so... He's too pretty. You know I don't love a pretty man. I know, which is why I'm shocked that we're friends. Sorry, Dan! <laughs> As a pretty man. I was talking about your beautiful baby blues today. You were? Why? Also, thank you. <laughs> we were talking about... um. We were getting our headshots done for SpongeBob today, and mm-hmm. somebody was talking about they're like, oh, I'm gonna look so pasty in front of this backdrop, but at least my blue eyes will show." I was like, Haha. and I turned to Gage, I was like, "Like Dan, that's it. That's literally it." <laughs> um, Austin, I don't know if you know this, but in high school, we would do superlatives after every show, like theater show. Uh, oh, okay. and one of the superlatives was best eyes. Um, mm-hmm. And I literally never lost that superlative. Oh every my year, god! Every show that I was in, I won the best eye superlative. So much so that by my senior year, when they said best eye, I just stood up and grabbed the piece of paper and <laughs> Dan. Back. Oh my god, Dan! And then they named it the Dan O'Keefe Award after the you. The Dan O'Keefe Memorial Best Eyes Award. He's best not eyes dead. Parentheses boy award. Oh my god. Mm. Because it was gendered, because girls don't have eyes. No, we don't, actually. Last I checked, we don't. And then I did not win it in the actual yearbook, and I was very disappointed. I would have gouged out the eyes of the person who won to assume my place on the throne. Well, also, not to to toot my own horn, but toot toot, we were only allowed to win one superlative, even if you were voted as the winner for multiple. How many did you technically win? I think it's four. You were wow. too popular for your own good. Um, my future was so bright. I was wearing four pairs of sunglasses indoors. I I only won one superlative. I won zero. Oh. Austin, you in the superlative of most likely to know everything about Anna's bodily functions from the past week. <laughs> and also... Well, I think I would tie that with Dan. <laughs> fine. Most likely to make a fun quiz game show for our show. I'll take that. That was really clunky. I'm still working on the title. Come back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What did you win, Anna? Most musical. Hmm. You shocked? No. My yeah. brother won. My brother and his now wife won smartest. Look at them. A smart couple. Right? He also won the award for Outstanding Boy. Which is an award that my high school gives out. What does that mean? It's up to interpretation. <laughs> but he was the most outstanding boy of What is he outstanding for? His field, like a scarecrow. Oh, God. Yep. Anyway, Blackhawk down. Yes. Um, so, Operation, the actual operation is launched and Delta Force successfully captures Adid's advisors inside their target building. But... 
the rangers and the helicopters that are escorting the ground extraction convoy take heavy fire um and one of the blackhawks goes down <gasps> not the title of the movie shook it roll the family guy <laughs> <laughs> he said it he said the title <laughs> that's the name of the movie um also the pilot of the helicopter that goes down mm-hmm. jeremy piven Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. when he came on screen at the end when gage and i were here at and gage finally saw him on screen I don't know why I just told that story like a three-year-old. I'm so sorry. <laughs> when Gage saw him, he goes, from Entourage, Dan will love that. <laughs> I, was I so hope excited. he said it with, like, ire. He did. Good. I hate him, by the way. He knows your type. I know. Um, I know you're secretly so, in love. It's an enemies to lovers trope. Anyway, you know what? Can I say something about going through the plot of this movie? Yeah. Sure. What is it? What are the beats? Um, What's the plot? Aren't we saving someone? Like, they have to Am I the, stupid? They're trying to extract the, the military personnel out mm -hmm. of the combat zone into the green zone. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what happens? Um, it's two hours of gunfire and explosions. No. Right? And that's pretty much it. No. The, I have a, I have so much. I'm reading through the synopsis, mm -hmm. and yeah, it makes sense what they're saying, but I don't like reading what the actual events of the synopsis are. It, it doesn't connect to any moments of the movie because the only things that stick out for me in the movie are gunfire, a quiet moment where someone's dying or mm -hmm. something, gunfire, 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 running the end. So I don't, yeah. like, I could keep running through the synopsis, and I will, but it's just, I'm having so much diff This is the hardest movie that I've had to talk about on this podcast. May I just say? No, that's oh, sorry, totally fair. I was going to say, no, I'm glad to hear you say that, because sometimes I think I'm stupid, Dan, because I don't get a movie. Mm -hmm. And for oh, once, like Taxi Driver? Definitely, yeah, yeah, this is definitely not like a Taxi Driver thinker movie this is definitely a yeehaw grab your guns let's go to some territories that don't belong to us and fight a war that doesn't belong to us toby either. keith blair is in the background <laughs> my it's bud the, lights are already Brookheimer chilled special oh god but no i i was thinking about that when i was watching this movie and i don't know if i wrote it down or not but this is I, even when I was watching it, I was thinking this is going to be a harder episode than Saving Private Ryan to talk about mm -hmm. because there's so much character, so much of that nuance, so much of that just overall like humanity-filled. Like it feels like a living, breathing thing almost. Yeah, like, it's it's like a slice of life. Kind of like you were life. saying it. It's a slice of life, and. Like you always say, your favorite movies are the ones that could be short stories. This could not be a short story. No, no, no. You, uh, in any way. No, uh, like the the movies that you can each each scene can be its own thing. No, mm -hmm. you need the whole yeah, no. whole concept of the movie for it to make sense. Otherwise, it just looks like military recruitment videos. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, feel like this is this is. <sighs> 
I'm just glad to hear that it wasn't just me. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Birds of a feather get the early late worm together. I don't and know where I was going with that. Birds um, of a feather. That's it. Yeah. So this is, it's difficult because I also, I don't care about any of the characters. I like, do I want them to live? Sure. When they die, mm -hmm. do I realize who died? No. No. I mean, I thought... just going back to what I said at the beginning, I didn't know Orlando Bloom was the one that fell out the helicopter until the end. Yeah. And they were like running by the, um, yeah, the people, and there was like talking about it was like Blackburn, I think the guy in his name was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And. I looked it up on IMBD, like what character he was, because I had no clue, like what was going on, like who was who, mm -hmm. like it was very hard to follow at times. Besides the main guy, yeah, like he he you knew where he was at all times, but everyone else was just kind of a jumbled blur of southern white men. Yeah, thank you. Oh, whenever it's a blur of white men, I just get confused. Is that why you don't watch hockey? Oh, there's a lot of reasons why I don't watch hockey. But that's part of it. Um, so, I guess back to the plot. Back to uh, the plot, Dan. So, the Blackhawk helicopter goes down. Uh, the two crew chiefs are wounded. And a Delta sniper on board escapes in another helicopter that makes it to base. Um... And then the ground forces are rerouted to converge on the crash site, but the militia throws up roadblocks, forcing the Humvee that was going in to save them to go off of its planned route while sustaining heavy casualties, including the gunman on top of the car, which is I, terrifying. Yeah. I did write down that whoever was on the gun of the Humvee had the most unlucky job in the whole deal right oh yeah because i think it was like what like f four or five of the guys that went up on the machine gun all of them died yeah or they all got shot at least they got injured yeah they're like drummers from spinal tap you go up you die mm -hmm. dan this movie does not go to 11 no it does not <laughs> <laughs> um so Meanwhile, two of the rangers reach the crashed site and they start to set up a defensive perimeter to await evacuation with the wounded men. Um, and then another helicopter piloted by a white southern man uh, mm -hmm. is shot down and crashes several blocks away. Um, and that, so everybody is basically pinned down within this heavily fortified zone of the Somali militia uh, and they have no ground support that can get them no one to take them out, no medics, no nothing uh, who can rescue them um, two snipers however are inserted into the crash site where they find uh, the pilot who crashed from the first um, or the second helicopter still alive uh, and that is where they do a sort of a Custer's last stand of the helicopter. Mm -hmm. or Didn't you make Jamie that Lannister's same there. reference last week? Custer's last stand? Yeah. 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 
It's it's the one military reference I can make. <laughs> I mean, I'm not judging. I just was like, Dan O'Keefe is a comment repeater. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I re- the reason that sticks with me so much is I remember I was watching my brother play Star Wars Battlefront 2. Classic, yes. When I was like 10 years no. old. Um, Gage has been playing that nonstop lately, I want you to know. Oh. Good for him. For the PS2? I believe so, yeah. he It's like got one pixel for the whole game. <laughs> oh. Uh, but he was playing, and he was like the only surviving person left on his side. There were like 20 people left on the other side. And he ended up winning. And when he was down to like him and two other people, he's like, it's like Custer's last stand, but I'm going to win. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. So... That's what has sticked with me. Sticked with me. I'm a writer. Stuck. <laughs> what was that thing Stuck that guy you? said to you Stuck one time? Um. Oh. <laughs> you need to email? improve yeah. your writing skills. There. Yeah. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna write him back with "sticked with me." <laughs> Just a link to this episode. Um. So, the the Call of Duty Zombies game truly goes into full effect as they are trying to defend this downed helicopter including the injured pilot. However, they can't. They get overrun with the Somalis who kill them. Uh, But not the pilot. He is taken alive. Um, Because one of the soldiers like, I claim this soldier. I claim him as a prisoner. And they're like, oh, man. He's alive because he has a picture of his family in his wallet. Yeah. And if you have uh, even a little bit of character development in this movie, you get to live. Yeah, exactly. Love that energy, honestly. Um, that is truly the case. Anyone that we we mm-hmm. see do any have any sort of emotional connection to something that that's not like yeehaw, can't wait to get in there and shoot some people. They live. Yeah, I mean, he like Orlando Bloom's character even said at the beginning, um, "I'm here to kick some ass." Yeah. If that isn't the motto of the U.S. military, I don't know what is. That's a death sentence right there for this movie. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of ass. Oh. (laughs) Oh, God. What? You've never seen They Don't Live? No. Um, That's not a real movie. Oh, I believed you. I full believed you. (laughs) I thought Uh, it was a parody. Now I feel stupid. With a cold stick, Robbie <laughs> organist, born above. I hate it here. Cold stick. Yeah, isn't isn't a hot rod? Oh, I was isn't thinking that is... rowdy, not hot rod. That makes more cold sense. Stick. Oh, I guess it is rowdy, Roddy Piper, more than it is hot rod. Placid. You're right, Robbie. Ew. Cold stick is still. You've right out WWE nerded me, Dan, once again. Aha! Like cold stick, I'm not gonna lie. We need to make merch that just has a t shirt that says cold stick and a picture of Roddy Piper on it. Mm-hmm. I like the silence that that was reacted with initially. I don't know anything about WWE, but I'll support it. It took me a second to visualize it, but I think I'm in. Okay, cool. Um, Hey, gang, go to shop.wearecreativeland.com to purchase your own exclusive cold stick shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That makes no sense. (laughs) 
so one of the columns is they give up their attempt to reach the crashed helicopter site and they return to the base with their prisoners and casualties and they have a large number because they went through and successfully captured who they meant to at the beginning um, and then they prepare to go back to extract the pin division uh, and the fallen pilots uh, but then the gear but then Sam Shepard the playwright of not to be confused with not the playwright well wait did no, he I was write just being a sassy pants don't worry okay I'm trying to I'm making sure that I got this correct. were you being a sassy shitty pants is this the guy that yes. wrote almost yes. almost main I don't think he wrote almost main did he what did he write I have no clue who this guy is. So... Let me look. Let me hit the old Google. I'm lost. Are you Googling him? I am. I'm on his Wikipedia. He wrote a bunch of plays. True West. Sorry, not Almost Maine. Ugh! I'm having a visceral reaction. <laughs> we everybody. Is that the one with Will Smith? No. no. Everybody at Marquette starting after your freshman year, Anna? Yep. After my had, freshman year. And God had of to Hell. perform a scene from True West in acting one. Um, Horrible. And it was truly a showcase. I mean, you guys were always great. The play itself is just not good. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, tell that to Sam Shepard. I will, honestly. Get him on the phone. Uh, so there's Sam Shepard, there's Jack Shepard from Lost, and there's Jack Shepard from Without a Paddle. A lot of Shepherds. There's I also will... Jack Shepard is a character name, though, right? True, yeah. Wait, mm-hmm. is that the one from Grey's Anatomy? No. No, is there another Shepard? Yeah. Oh, there is another Shepard. There's also the biblical Shepard. Mm. I wanted to be a Shepherd when I grew up when I was little. Was my career goals. This podcast is just bad word association. <laughs> this episode is for sure. A bad word association for a bad movie. Amen. Uh, so, Sam Shepard orders another division, which includes its Malaysian and Pakistani forces, uh, as a relief column. Mm. And like the Eagles from Lord of the Rings, where were they the rest of the time? Mm-hmm. Uh, That's the second time you've done the Lord of the Rings Eagles joke, too. You did that last episode. Again, I know very little <laughs> about war. Dan, your jokes. <laughs> you could be making Orlando Bloom joke references. True. I say okay. that like I've ever watched more than just the first half, because I only like the Hobbits. Uh, like the elves of... Oh, where are the elves from? Um, Elvendale? Elvendale. Not... Uh, yeah, Elvendale. Is that I think... right? I don't know. Isengard. I've seen Gondor. Thing. I don't That's know. That's the beacons. I don't know. They're too long. Again, I only like uh, the Hobbits. Not the Hobbit movies. The Hobbits themselves. Oh, okay, themselves. Good. The race. Yes. Orlando Bloom's married to Katy Perry, right? They're engaged. Mm-hmm. They're engaged. Good for them. But they have a kid. Am I supposed to say bad for them now? No, I'm just saying they're engaged, <laughs> but they have a kid. I feel your Catholic judgment oozing out. Yeah, I'm like, ugh, before marriage. Katie Bloom or Orlando Perry. 
Those aren't two bad names. No, they're both good. No. Orlando Perry sounds like a like mid two thousands NBA player who was like, who was like a bench warmer mm-hmm. for a couple seasons and then just kind of faded away. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it does. I can see Orlando Perry on the Knicks. Yeah. Orlando then... Perry. Boop, 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 mm-hmm. boop, 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 boop. Katie Bloom sounds like a children's author, but that's because yeah. of Judy Bloom. Yes. Yeah. That just sounds like a normal person walking down the street. Yeah. Uh, so, night falls, and the Somali militia launch a sustained assault at the trapped Americans, uh, but they are held out through the night by strafing runs and rocket attacks by little bird helicopters uh, until the relief column is able to reach the site. And then the wounded and the casualties are evacuated from their vehicles, but they can't extract the bodies um, initially. And they have to stay behind for nearly four hours to actually get the bodies out of the zone. Um, And then once everybody and all the dead soldiers are secured in the vehicles, the convoy leaves. Um, And then when... All the rooms on the Titanic's escape ships are full. They have Mm -hmm. to run back to the stadium in the UN safe zone, a journey dubbed the Mogadishu Mile by those who ran. And it's almost like they have the music playing as they run through the Mm -hmm. fog, through the gunfire. They see people with guns, but oh no! It's the Pakistanis. They're on our side. Thank God. Thank God I saved you. And then, in the credits, they detail the results of the raid. 19 soldiers were killed with over 1,000 Somalis dead. That's some stormtrooper numbers right there. That is. Mm -hmm. Um... The snipers were awarded the posthumous Medal of Honor, uh, and then the Somali general was killed in battle with a rival clan in 1996, and Sam Shepard, his character, retired from active duty the following day. And there's also, it didn't have it in the synopsis, there's a scene where they're performing a combat surgery on Mm -hmm. someone. I wanted to talk about that. Yeah. It's like the only bit of sustained character that mm-hmm. we get throughout the the movie and it's a it's a kind of heart-wrenching scene like I definitely felt for him. Um yeah, it that definitely was like the best scene in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because it was super like gory and it was gross i mean the special effects were they were beautiful good yeah 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 kind of like the saving private ryan we talked about the medic getting shot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the special effects were good and then like you're right it was a lot of character development um i had a question i was going to pose for you guys Mm -hmm. so when they go for the clamp of the artery or the vein or whatever Mm -hmm. they're trying to get closed up Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, oh, did you get it? Did you get it? And they're like, yeah, we got it, buddy. Like, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts would be. Would you, again, hypothetically, and we're not really probably ever going to be in the situation where this could come up. God, but I hope not. I'd be so useless. Would you 
give the false hope yes. that you're going to be all right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You would? I think so. Because you don't want to like, think... have them freaking out. Yeah. You want their last moments to be peaceful. Yeah, I'd rather give someone, someone lie to placate someone in their dying moments than to be like, nah, mm-hmm. you're going to die. Be afraid. Yeah. When they're mm-hmm. like, am I going to die? And you're like, oh, yeah, bye, bitch. Like, no. <laughs> I I just think. You, they want to know you want the, you want to know that they knew that they were being cared for. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. would you, Austin? Hearing your guys' response, <laughs> I kind of feel bad about what I was going to say. What were you going to say? It's okay. What were you going to say? Well, let's hear it. I was going to say that I hope that I would again be strong enough to, you know, I mean, strong enough. Maybe it might be the right word, but like, I guess it's hard in two different ways. Mm-hmm. It's hard to lie to somebody in like their most vulnerable moments, mm-hmm. but it also would be hard to like be truthful to somebody in that kind of moment too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thinking more upon it now. I mean, I watched this at like twelve o'clock last week, so <laughs> I was a little little tired. So maybe my my question wasn't as as uh, groundbreaking as I thought it might be, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would probably, yeah, lean more towards saying, you know, everything's going to be all right. But if I was in a situation, like if I was the one that was dying, I don't know what I would prefer between the two of them. Like you would probably want to hear that things are going to be all right and they fixed it. But then at the same time, I would kind of want to know, like, you know, this is, this is it. And you know, kind of try to make my peace with it and not go off of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not a religious person. So mm-hmm. like the going to see the Lord and Savior, you know, type deal doesn't affect me too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what this guy's affiliations were or whatever, but um I don't know. It was just a question that I I had. I don't know. No, I get that. Which of the two I prefer. I think if it was, honestly, the more we talked, the more I listened to what you were saying about it, I don't think I'd be able to say anything. Mm. Like, yeah. I think I would not be the one who's responding to them when they're like, it's fixed, right, guys? I'm going to be okay. I think I'd be, like, just completely stunned to silence. Yeah. And... That's where I would be. I want to say I'd be the one who's, like, comforting that person. But I just don't know, A, if I had the stomach to. Mm-hmm. Or, B, if I'd be able to not lie, but lie to someone that everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay when it's not. I think as we learned through your misadventures last week, I'm not sure that you have the stomach for anything. I don't. Yeah. That's why the military never even crossed my mind. That's why a lot of careers have never crossed. The stories my mom <laughs> has I... told me about being a principal in a grade school and some of the sick kids she's had, mm-hmm. that's reason enough for me to never become a teacher. Uh, so, in the credits, after it fades to black, the mm-hmm. first thing that it reads is, and this really, I feel like, hammers my point home, that... It treats the Somalis just like video game characters. 
Mm -hmm. Uh, During the raid, over a thousand Somalis died and 19 American soldiers lost their lives. That is a pretty major semantic difference between those two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they should have just said over a thousand Somalis and 19 Mm -hmm. soldiers from America lost their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't have to separate. You're saying both of these parties passed away. Just say that. Don't. You don't have to say it twice. Yeah, but the the point that the movie is trying to make, it seems like, is that the Somali deaths don't matter, are less important. That's Mm. how it reads. Yeah. I'd agree. I didn't notice that, but yeah, it is a interesting choice of verbiage Mm -hmm. between died and lost their lives Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah that's so anyway dehumanizing for sure that is black hawk down um we've spoken a lot about what our thoughts were throughout yeah but anna at the end dan overall thoughts on the movie I agreed with you. I wasn't really sure what I thought the plot was because mm-hmm. I thought that the whole plot was going to be them like going to rescue the people from the fallen helicopter. Kind of like saving... Pro- but I... <sighs> that wasn't the whole plot, though. Kind of? I, no, but the, like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um... I liked Saving Private Ryan more because I felt like <laughs> it's easier for me to get behind movies that are like the Nazis are bad because they are. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to get behind movies where it's now if I'm misunderstanding this whole conflict, somebody please correct me again. I don't I'm not claiming to be some sort of genius who knows everything. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, to your point, I'm sorry to interrupt no, go you, ahead. but they definitely glazed over real quick what the issue was with this general. Yeah. It was in words at the beginning. They show a little bit of like the famine and the militia gunning down people who are trying to get the food. Mm-hmm. But it is a footnote in the overall movie so it is very understandable that you might have missed why they're there in the first place which is definitely a fault to the movie yeah Yeah, i was trying to wrap my head around like at first i was like okay are they keeping food from the people of this country are they keeping like (sighs) i just i just want to i wanted to be able to understand what the bad thing was so like for private for saving private Ryan, I know what the conflict was because I am his I am familiar with that conflict. For this movie, because it's to me and I'm guessing to other viewers, not as widely known or understood of a conflict, we need more information about why America's there, what's going on, how it's affecting the people that live there, why we wanted to try and help. Or if that's even what we were trying... You know what I mean? Like, I just think we needed a little more context. Because World War II is a major part of history class. Whereas conflicts in Somalia, unless you're taking, like, some specific sort of studies, I feel like you're not going to get to know about that. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah. I mean, so that, that's also because of the Eurocentric view that whitewash is yeah. yeah. True. I just think for me, it would have made more sense and I probably would have enjoyed the movie more if I. Also, because then I feel like. I have a better understanding of why I'm supposed to root for who they want me to root for. Yeah. Because it is it is explicit that you're that the Americans are the good guys. Mm-hmm. They are from mm-hmm. the view that the movie is being told, they are the heroes in this situation. Um and it doesn't want you to do self reflection on that. Mm-mm. Which it feels like do. a major <laughs> Yeah, it, which feels like it should. Um, Austin, what about you? Yeah. Um, so I will say that there were some mere mirrors between Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down that I didn't really realize until I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was a soldier that was missing his hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, half a body was in there at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a running gag, or not really gag, but running theme of a soldier that lost his hearing, where in Saving Private Ryan there was a soldier that lost his hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, willing to go back out and help save the people that were in the town, and then Private Ryan wanting to stay and hold down the bridge. You know, there was a- enough that it was like kind of eerily similar and I don't know if the director directly ripped some of the things off of Saving Private Ryan because it came out later. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not put it past them, maybe, to try to make a better war movie using similar shots and similar things. I mean, that was just some things that I, that I noticed. Um, but when it comes to the overall movie, like I said before, it to me really just felt like two hours of gunfire explosions, dirt flying everywhere, people yelling, like it had no character. It had no like meat to it. Yeah. It, it was just a very empty calorie movie. And, you know, for some people that might be what they want is just a easy watching, you know, I want to call it a popcorn movie, but it just had no substance to it at all. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame because it could have definitely had a more nuanced approach to the conflict and what they were going to say about Americans going into areas that aren't necessarily their place to be. Mm -hmm. Like, this could have been, and I don't know how the book was framed. Um, Maybe they took you know, a lot of inspiration from the book or maybe it didn't, I don't know, but um, just the way that it was framed, it could have been a lot better handled. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I did feel like it was a shoot 'em up call of duty mission that just kept on going. I mean, it probably would not be that hard to find a call of duty mission that was very similar in themes to, this and the zombies uh, reference is spot on i thought the exact same thing Mm -hmm. it just like i said not a lot of substance not a lot of stuff there the things that they 
could have elaborated on or they could have done a better job explaining or going deeper into, they just missed those opportunities. And it just, yeah, felt like it kind of fell flat beyond if you're into explosions and gunfire and that might be for somebody. It just was not for me. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I, it's I all agree. very fair. I agree with both of you. Um, Thank you for the support, Dan. You're welcome. So as such, I will not give any more opinions on anything. <laughs> uh, now, yeah, it was... As I watched it, it I I stopped watching it as a movie and started watching it as like a oh, this feels very post like immediately post 9/11. Yes. Um, yes it does. It came out before. No, it 9/11? Didn't. No, it didn't. Oh. It came out uh, two months after. Hmm. And it, yeah, it feels like a Toby Keith song. Mm-hmm. And was there any big American flag shots in this one? I don't remember. Oh God. Not the closing like Spider-Man set. in front of it. No, <laughs> something like that. Or like the end of same private Ryan with the, yeah. the flag, flag waving line. in the wind. Uh, I don't think so, but yeah, it, it was like, yeah, visually and technically, it is, it it's very well done. But just, mm-hmm. I think, cultural treatment wise, it is very not. No. Uh, I yeah. Yeah. I think it, it aged not as great. On the other brighter side, Anna, would this movie be better, worse, or the same with Jonathan Taylor Thomas as anyone? Any single one of the characters. I would love to see him in this kind of a, a movie. I don't think I could ever really picture him in a war movie. But you know what? I'd love to see it. And for that alone, for the sheer joy of seeing him, I think it would be better. <laughs> um, Austin, could you remind me on who? Yeah, I had Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, my better or worse than the same with Samuel L. Jackson. So much better. Yeah, I was gonna say. I like, think we know the answer to that yeah, one. Throw some motherfuckers in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it would have been vastly better. He would have brought character to again any person you chose. He would have made it better. There would have been snakes like on the, the Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. No, Probably, not or, the snakes. Not the motherfucking snakes and the motherfucking Blackhawk. Like black mambas or mm-hmm. something like that out there. <laughs> Not the black but, yeah, mambas. It would have been. Kobe Bryant. Uh, do I think this movie would be better or worse than the same with George Clooney? Anywhere, it'd be the same because it's the same. Everyone is interchangeable in this movie. Uh, I do have some trivia for both of you. I'm ready. Awesome. So, none of the a- no effort was made to find actors who looked like the real soldiers. They were all cast solely for their acting talents. Mm. Oh, okay. No, no comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie was filmed in Morocco. Oh, I was wondering where it was shot. Because the Somalian civil war was still ongoing during filming. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, the French title is La Chute du Falcon Noir, which means oh. literally the fall of the Black Hawk, but in reference to a literal living bird. 
Mm. A literal translation would be Un Black Hawk a terre. So Your French you accent sounds beautiful, Dan. Hey, I was enrolled in French class. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I mean from fit fourth grade to junior year of high school. Okay, that's more French than I've ever taken. Hmm. For some reason I thought you took German. No, my brother did though. Oh, that's think that's probably what yeah. I was thinking about was your brother. Um, so most of the actors who played American soldiers are not American. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor is Scottish. Eric Bana is Australian. Kim Coates is Canadian. Yon Gruffin, I will never pronounce his name right, is Welsh. Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Ewan Bremer is Scottish. Jason Isaac's English. Nicolaj Custer Waldo was Danish. Tom Hardy's English. Uh, Matthew Marsden is English, Orlando Bloom is English, and Hugh Dancy is Dutch. Hmm. Hugh Dancy isn't Dutch. He's British. He's he's the most British. Hmm. Um, Could have fooled me. So this movie inspired Metal Gear Solid 4, uh, Ca- hmm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first game's American campaign has a shock and awe game where the player lands to rescue a downed pilot and then the third game focuses heavily on a delta force team led by a character voiced by william fitchner mm. and a multiplayer map that's set at a first black hawk crash site now that you're talking about video games in this movie mm. my dad for the ps2 had a black hawk down video game video lord game. above yes. oh wow and i don't I don't know any like gameplay of it. I can only imagine it's very similar to Call of Duty, and the fact that it inspired Call of Duty mm-hmm. just kind of solidifies what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Uh, the set was overrun by stray dogs, which were then kept in the movie because Ridley Scott liked the feel of their oh. presence. Wait, and that's eight- my dream! Oh, yeah. I would love if my life was overrun with stray dogs. And eight of the dogs were adopted by members of the production crew. There was one part in the movie where there are like four dogs on screen and I was like, do you think that they're real actors or do you think that they just showed up on set? You've answered my question. Mm -hmm. They just showed up on set. And honestly, I hope that they lived. I'm assuming they're not alive anymore because it's been a long time. I hope they lived really happy, beautiful, full lives. Me too. I love dogs. Uh, Russell Crowe was offered Eric Bana's role. It would have been the same. Mm-hmm. And Woody Harrelson was considered for a role. It would have been mm. the same. Yeah. Southern white guys. You know that his dad was a murderer? Who is? Woody Harrelson. Who'd he kill? Um, a person. His dad's name is Charles Harrelson. He was a hitman. <gasps> oh, oh, so multiple people. God, he was convicted plot. for assassinating federal judge John H. Wood Jr., who was the first federal judge to be assassinated in the 20th century. He killed a bunch of people, and he was allegedly involved in the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Dude, that's fucking crazy. Hmm. Yeah. I kind of love that drama. There is a 10 part podcast um, about his life. And it's called Son of a Hitman. Perfect. Gonna have to give it a listen. Interesting. Uh, So, anyway, 
Austin, on a scale of one to five Blackhawks downed, what do you give this movie? Um, purely for the cinematography and the special effects, I will give it two Blackhawks down. And by that, I mean two Blackhawks up or two <laughs> Blackhawks middle middle of the road. Anna, what about you? I'm giving it one Blackhawk. Wow. I did I'm The vibes surprised. were not immaculate. I got... I agree with you. I am going to be shocked because I am giving it the highest score out of the three of us. Two and a half? Two and a half. Classic Dan. Enlightened centrist over here. Oh, <laughs> both sides are bad um yeah two and a half as for reasons stated previously mm -hmm. are you capable of giving a movie less than two and a half dan yeah joker i give it one that doesn't count because yeah, you came I've... into it with a bad attitude okay let me go through it i'll give i'll tell you some movies i've given a one below a oh, two and a half gosh, to. here we go oh so you have stats on that i just i track everything on letterboxd because i'm oh okay Gotcha. Uh, here, Dan. Just give me a couple. Okay. Um, what well, I need to sort them by when watched, not when released. Um, let's see. What have I given below a two and a half? Descendants three. Cause you don't like fun. Breaking Dawn Part Two. Cause you don't like fun. Breaking Dawn Part One. Cause you don't like fun. New Moon, Twilight, uh, Now You See Me Too. All these classics that I picked <laughs> out. What an insult. Um, Frosty's Winter Wonder. We didn't do that for the podcast, but... Oh, Scrooge's Rock and Roll Christmas. Oh, yeah, I one gave star. that one star, too, I think. Patch Adams, one and a half stars. Santa okay. Claus, three. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Have I proved I it enough? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, anyway, that's it for this week's episode of In Conclusion. Uh, if you want to find us, we're on social media on Facebook and Twitter at and In Conclusion on Instagram at In Conclusion Podcast. We're also on Patreon, patreoncom Conclusion. And if you want that cold stick shirt, head to <laughs> shop.wearecreativeland.com. It might be there. Maybe. One I don't day. know how the internet works. Um, if you want to find me, I am on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe86 and on TikTok at not Dan O'Keefe. Austin, where are you? You can find me at a underscore sack two on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow my vinyl collection page at a sacket underscore vinyl. And Anna, where can they find you? Hello. You can find me on Instagram at Automus Prime 818, or you can find me on Twitter at Autobots Rollout, capital O for auto, capital B for bots, capital R for roll, and the O in roll, and the O in out are zeros. We will be back next week with a movie about war. Let's keep going forward in time. We're going to be talking about the Hurt Locker. Okay. Hot dog. And Anna, guess what? 
I might give this one above two and a half stars. Oh my god. I don't know anything about the Heracker Locker except I'm pretty sure it's about bombs, right? Bomb Squad? Yeah, stars Jeremy Renner and it won Best Picture. Hmm. And it has a female director. Mm -hmm. Okay, pop off. This film's going to be amazing. <laughs> so get excited for Anna's five-star review of The Hurt Locker next week, everyone. In the meantime, stay safe, women. have fun, get vaccinated. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Women support women. I'd show you, but I'm not I'm not in the business of giving free peeks at my feet, you know what I'm saying? They'll charge you, so A Creative Land Podcast.